0: Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 86. Uh, today's episode, uh, we're going to deal with the uh, um, furniture makers, some of the greatest furniture makers to come out of New England were in Salem. So really intriguing designs. Unfortunately, most of it came late in the 18th century and early 19th century. with the, uh, the taper type uh, round turn legs and um, use of bird's eye and curly and with mahoganies and things of that nature. So, so uh, let's get on with it. So Salem furniture makers. So one of the leading cabinet makers of Salem in the period after 1800 was William Hook. In his invaluable book, Artist and Craftsman of Essex County, this gives the outward facts of this craftsman's life as follows born February 19th 1777 married Abigail Greenleaf March 2nd 1800 in Salem Massachusetts and he died May 15th in 1867 in Roxbury he was at first apprentice to John Sweat a joiner a cabinetmaker in Salisbury but came to Salem in seventeen ninety six, where he worked with Edmund Johnson, who was a cabinet maker, for two years, then Deacon Jacob Sanderson for a year. When he set up his business in eighteen hundred at Essex and Court streets, he made furniture for the leading families of the town, which was in high demand, and most was bespoke um, throughout the year. His sons Elias and George G. were the famous organ builders of Salem. His shop was on the Federal Street in 1803, Marlborough Street in 1804, and Essex Street in 1818. So pieces uh, supposedly th- that have been made by Hooke, um, as in all these things when there's apprentices involved, some of the apprentices will uh, sign, you know, some Mr. Hook's name, and he may have been an apprentice or a worker for him for many years. Same thing with in Pennsylvania on the Delaware River, George Nakashima. Many of his uh, apprentices knocked off his uh, great tables and other pieces over the years in their own shops after they left him and signed George's name. So let's get. Uh, so fortunately, uh, a, a number of the pieces survival which hooks connection is well established so we're going to say connection not uh, not an absolute attribution um, but either him or his apprentices or former employees so one is a sideboard lent to the museum of fine arts in boston according to family tradition preserved with unusual exactness this piece with several others was made by william hook as a wedding present for his sister on her marriage in August seventeenth and eighteen o nine, the present owner is a descendant of this marriage. The pieces, so it is reported, <clears throat> were not complete at the time of the wedding and were delivered some months later on from time to time as each were finished. The sideboard, its swell front richly veneered and inlaid with a sunburst of contrasting bands as reeded corner posts and legs, delicately banded just below the case, where the readings of the legs are stopped by a small hollow. The posts terminate at the top in capitals carved with wavy water leaves, which, in their detail, as we shall see, are highly characteristic of Hooke's work. The leaves are but slightly serrated with an undulating outline, the concave faces of each lobe being marked by four or five shallow groovings. The background of the bell capital is roughened with faint punch marks of an eight-point star. Another descendant of the same marriage is the fortunate professor of these three pieces of the wedding furniture, a work table, a car table, and a dressing table. The work table, whose octagonal top is richly veneered, has turned posts extending to the top with carved capitals engaged at the chamfered corners of the case. These capitals show the same water relief as the sideboard just described. The neckling of the legs is also not unlike that of the sideboard, and the reading of the legs is similarly treated and stopped. The feet, however, or of the elongated bulb which, from the form which we observed of that of Najajah Adams also in Salem. The possibility that Adams collaborated with Hook on these pieces is given further credence by the card table and the dressing table. Both of these have not only the characteristic foot, but the long cylindrical necking found on so many pieces by Adams. Indeed, the card table throughout is closely similar to one of the Stearns collection, documented by, as the Adams reproduced in Antiques Magazine for December 1933, for which likewise has veneered circular post extending to the top. The dressing table beautiful selective wood shares this feature also. A fine beaded molding at the top repeats typical of Hook sideboard. The Essex Institute, which today is the Peabody Essex Museum in Salem, Massachusetts, owns a later chest of drawers and dressing mirror, bequeathed to it about 1810 by George R. Kerwin. Mr. Kerwin, a very exact historical student and hobbyist, stated in his will That the piece was made by william hook in 1818 at the time of the testator's death hook whom he could have known personally in his youth was totally unknown to collectors at the time and we are amply justified in accepting the quoted statement as truth the piece has a swell front with drawers veneered in fine crotch brazilian mahogany joined at the center and surrounded by a fine bead. The short, turned legs terminate in small ball feet. Wooden knobs emphasize the general simplicity of the design characteristics of this later date. The Peabody Essex Institute has a bureau desk from the Lee family of Salem, which is obviously must be attributed to Hook also. The gently spreading corner capitals with their carved, Wooder leaves are identical to those of the sideboard first described. Delicate readings mark the columns which terminate in straight lion-paw feet. In other respects, the piece, with its serpentine front and skirting, shows survivals of the Hepplewhite style style still going on, and should thus be dated as such earlier than that of the sideboard. A charming work table belonging to the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston, likewise, has capitals of this type that we have noted in Hooke's pieces. A work table almost identical with this, formerly in the collection of Dwight W. Proudy, is illustrated in Miss Morse's Furniture of the Olden Times, 1924. There is also a fine card table there with wood or leaves of identical form in the collection of Dwight Blaney of Boston, so, and and again, um, in, in as far as collections go, for me personally, it's very interesting. You know, I, I've dealt with a lot of lifelong collectors forty, fifty years, and you know they spend their entire their entire waking hours, if they're not working, to seek out pieces that are identical from a certain maker, or from a certain genre, say of England English makers. And a lifetime collecting and and now at this point um when they pass when they move their collection on to the auction block um it's it just seemingly goes unnoticed but um these water leaves i have seen time again i worked on oh 15 or 20 pieces over the years in restoration but uh it's 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 this cyclical gathering of stuff of collectibles and and then it gets broken apart and then hopefully we continue. To, someone else continues to gather it and it gets broken apart whether it be sale and furniture philadelphia chippendale or sp- specific makers so but that's the uh, that's the flow of the life of the antiquity the object so similar capitals and lion feet are also found in the elaborate sideboard belonging to mrs nathan c osgood the legs of the case are banded horizontally somewhat as in the first sideboard but an added element of enrichment to my eye is the small band of falling leaves not water leaves but falling leaves just under the capitals lacking the inlay of the wedding pieces we just described earlier in 1809 this fine sideboard with its concave front is doubtless to be dated somewhat later perhaps about 1815 or 1812. The five pieces that I've described may certainly be attributed to William Hook, who now takes his proper place in the line of the top Salem cabinet makers. And it may be observed that although most of the pieces talked about were executed before the death of Samuel McIntyre in 1811, the carvings on them do not show any close similarity to the furniture carvings we have identified by the latter master. So um, I would, again, uh, advise anyone interested in, uh, you know, the, uh, the New England type furniture to go visit the Peabody es- es- Essex Museum and, and uh, take a great trip back in time in Seattle, Massachusetts. So Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing off. Thanks for listening.